Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. All right, this evening we're going to continue in our uh, series on headlines. And uh, tonight I want to talk to you about uh, something that has been in the headlines quite a bit lately, and that uh, especially with uh, the coronavirus and everything that is going along with that. And and that is uh, what seems to be... uh, prevalent is the fact that there's quite a few uh, natural disasters that tend to to uh, plague us uh, from time to time. It seems like from uh, one particular year, it, it might seem as though uh, uh, we have more uh, natural disasters than we uh, typically have seen in quite some time. I know uh, we've enjoyed uh, up until uh, last year with Michael, it seems like we enjoyed quite a long time without a hurricane uh, hitting uh, this area. And we want to pray that God will continue to do that very thing and to keep it from keep us from having a string of, of hurricanes to hit us. But, you know, Florida, not too many years ago, uh, had three hurricanes hit it in one year. And uh, there have been quite a few other natural disasters that have hit throughout the ages. I was looking uh, at some of this uh, statistical information, and uh, it seems like uh, from time to time there's there's a run of natural disasters, and and uh, it's amazing the things that you can find online in terms of of different information and uh this this particular uh site that I found uh had uh some of the deadliest disasters since 1900 and so I I, I kind of looked at that we had uh 400,000 to 4 million people that uh died as in uh China as a result of floods in July of 1931 that's that's devastating. Uh, Four million people dying as a result of a flood that happens. Uh, in, of course, uh, unfortunately, uh, especially at the time that this happened, uh, uh, news didn't travel very fast. And so uh, probably many people in the United States were, states were not even aware of of uh, the events of these floods that happened in China. Uh, In uh, 1970, we uh, uh, had uh, 500,000 people to be affected by uh, a cyclone that hit East Pakistan. Uh, That was November of 1970. In 2010, uh, the earthquake that hit Haiti uh, in January of uh, January twelfth of that year, uh, three hundred sixteen thousand people, and and Haiti is still uh, recovering from that uh, because of the fact that it's a third world country. Uh, China had a, another earthquake that. Uh, 273,400 people died on December 16, 1920 as a result of an earthquake uh, there. Um, 
just uh, amazing. Um, last year, uh, 1,303 uh People were uh, killed on March the 4th through the 7th in Mozambique, Zimbabwe, uh, as a result of a tropical cyclone. Uh, 2018, there was an earthquake in Indonesia. 4,000 people died. Puerto Rico in 2017 had 3,000 people die as a result of uh, Hurricane Maria. Uh, 2016 uh, earthquake in Ecuador claimed 676 people. Uh, 2015 earthquake in Nepal, uh, India, uh, 8,964 people. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, the number of people that have been affected by uh, all of these disasters. And uh, we are living in a world that seems to be uh, going crazy as a, or going wild as a result of uh, the fact of all of these different uh, things that, that occur uh, that seem to be uh, natural uh, disasters, uh, earthquakes and tornadoes and and uh diseases that are spread and and God's word speaks to that if you'll turn in your bibles to Romans chapter 8 he speaks about uh Paul speaks about uh the fact that that our world is going through uh growing pains going through uh pains and groaning as a result of the fact that uh that God is not uh, God's perfect will is not going on. You know, uh, uh, in the garden, uh, when Adam and Eve, uh, when Adam and Eve sinned against God and they were thrown out of the garden, sin affected every aspect of life. And uh, one of the main questions that people ask that are uh, against. Uh, the existence of God and and I doubt uh, whether God exists is uh, they'll say something. Well, where was God when all of this was happening? Where was God uh, to keep uh, these hurricanes and cyclones from happening? Why wasn't uh, God uh, able to halt uh, earthquake? And why was God not there to prevent these diseases? Surely God, if He was able to do all things and He's all powerful and as as you claim He is, why why isn't God there to to prevent those things from happening? Why why is it that that uh, I mean I personally ha- I am affected by the fact that I grew up in a home in which my father had uh, polio when, at a very early age, and for the rest of his life he uh, was. Uh, uh, had to walk on crutches or and then late in life he was reduced to uh being confined to a wheelchair all the time uh that he wasn't in uh, either laying in bed or or sitting in a uh in a in a recliner or a chair he was in a wheelchair in order to get around and and uh, why is it that God allows these things to happen why is why does God allow uh things like the uh coronavirus why does God allow things like Ebola? Why does God allow 
things like uh, uh, swine flu and, and things like that. Why, why is it that God allows so many people to die as a result of all of these things that He could clearly, easily just take out of this picture? Why, why would God allow... If God is in control of all things, and, and Jesus clearly demonstrated that He has power over uh, the winds and the waves, then why can't God just simply say, okay, I'm not going to allow uh, this hurricane to, to slam into uh, 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 New Orleans or slam into Florida or slam into uh, the Gulf Coast and come up and, and devastate people's lives? Why is it that God would allow a, hurric- a tornado to come through Nashville and, and affect thousands of people and, and cause uh, 34,000 people to be without electricity and, and uh, many of them without a, a place to, uh, to lay their head because the, the tornado just uh, dis- destroyed uh, large swaths of Nashville and, and other places? Why does God allow this? And what needs to be explained is, is that uh, uh, we live in a, a world that is affected by sin. We live in a world that is a result of the sin of man. And so uh, there's a difference between God's perfect will and God's permissive will. God's perfect will is, is that we would have lived for all eternity in the garden with God and His presence. Uh, and think about... Uh, Many times the image that you get when you think about heaven. What's heaven going to be like? Uh, what, uh, what is the image that you receive when you think of heaven? You think of being in, uh, in God's presence for all eternity. Living in, uh, many people think of the streets of gold and the pearly gates and living in a mansion and all of that. All of that pales in comparison to the fact that we'll be in the presence of God. Uh, and uh, we think of, of the fact that we consider heaven to be for all eternity. After we get there, we'll be there forever afterwards. Well, that was what God's design was for His relationship to man from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Turn back to Genesis and you'll read where God says that uh, He created uh, man and woman and put, placed them in the midst of the garden. And each evening He would go in the cool of the evening and what? He would walk with man and commune with man. That was God's intention for us from the very beginning was to have what... And that's very similar to what... We think about when we think about heaven, isn't it? I mean, you add pearly gates, streets of gold, mansions, and it's the same thing. It's just uh, spending all eternity with God and communion with God, having fellowship with God. Uh, and uh, what we need to understand is, is that God's desire is, is to get us back to the place that He intended us to be in from the very beginning which is uh, the existence that he had with mankind in the garden with Adam and Eve. So if if uh, and that that's God's perfect will. That's what we call perfect will. That was that would be what God would have intended if we would have followed his will and not our own will. That's God's perfect will. But God's permissive will was is that he allowed man to have the freedom to choose between good and evil, 
to choose whether or not we were going to follow after Him and worship God or follow our own desires and follow our own will and sin against God. Uh, it began with uh, uh, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and continues to this very day. We make choices each day as to whether or not we're going to do what God desires for us or what uh, we want for ourselves. That's God's permissive will. God allows those things to happen. And as a result, God allows, this is God's permissive will, God allows uh, for the existence of uh, uh, disease and natural disasters and all of these things that happen because they are the result of sin being in the world. They are a result of our decision to follow after our own desire instead of the following after God. And so uh, uh, the reason that we have all of these disasters is because God gave us the freedom, the free will to choose. And as a result, we live in a world that is not the image of what God desires for it to be and that God will one day uh, restore when He comes to reclaim His church and when He comes and wipes away all of this world that is infested with sin and uh, uh, He creates a new heaven and a new earth. We'll no longer uh, be plagued with uh, the problems of sin at that time because God will create a new heaven and a new earth. Look with me in your Bibles at Romans 8. And until we get to that point, we have to understand uh, that we live in a world that is groaning for that day. Romans 8, chapter uh, 8, verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us, in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature uh, waiteth for the manifestation of the Son of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So, <clears throat> what you need to uh, see is, first of all, look at the end, uh, the last verse, verse 22. He said, the reason that we have uh, uh, coronavirus, the reason that we have tornadoes, the reason that we have hurricanes, the reason that we have uh, uh, famine and disease and all of these things that happen, earthquakes, is because the world is groaning until that day. For, the, for we know that the whole of creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Why is it groaning and travailing and, and in pain? Because we live in a world that is without uh, the, uh, the kingship, the lordship of God. Uh, we live in a world in which uh, we are not uh, uh, ruled by the King of kings and Lord of lords but rather that we have a world that is, uh, that is dominated with sin. And as a result, our world is, uh, is going through uh, uh, periods of time in which we endure hardships, endure difficulties. He says, For I reckon that uh, the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The first Paul says is that 
And, and you have to remember the type of life that Paul has lived by the time he's writing uh, this passage in Romans. Paul has endured quite a bit of suffering himself. Remember, Paul was a scholar. He was an individual that was taught at the feet of some of the greatest scholars, and he was uh, uh, someone who was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a teacher of the law. He knew uh, he had a great standing in uh, uh, society in Israel, and but uh, and he became zealous for in his mind. He became zealous for the Lord, and he began persecuting the people who were following after Jesus. And of course, that led him to be along the way in in which uh, God uh, confronts him, uh, and Jesus uh, smacks him down and says, "Why are you doing this to me? And why are you uh, uh, persecuting?" Uh, me and and Paul's like, well, who are uh, you know? I, I'm not persecuting you, and and Jesus says, well, of course you are. You persecute those who follow after me. You're persecuting me, and of course, uh, he has this transformational experience uh, with Jesus Christ, uh, with the risen Jesus Christ, and he uh, it, it has this transformation happen in his life where he begins to be a fervent uh, witness for Jesus Christ and begins to uh, to share the gospel but that doesn't change the fact that there's still others that are just like Paul that was persecuting the saints and now Paul becomes one of the persecuted and as a result of that Paul is is persecuted by Pharisees and, and Sadducees as he goes about telling people about Jesus Christ, telling people about the experience that he had uh, with Jesus of being blinded by the light and being brought uh, back to having his sight and experiencing all these different things that happen as a result of, of his going from community to community to, sh- to set up these churches that begin to, to uh, lead people to Christ and begin to transform uh, uh, the faith of so many people, and he's he's sharing the gospel, and he's going about. And of course, he's run out of some cities. He's uh, he's uh, stoned and left for dead. He's beaten, and and he uh, bears stripes as a result of his teaching. And yet, he continues on. He's shipwrecked, and and he goes through all these different things. And so, Paul is is very familiar with with these travailings and groanings that he's talking about. But it could be also talked uh, could also be likened to the fact that Paul's saying, "Look, I know you're going through hardships." He's talking to other Christians that are enduring the same kind of persecution that he's enduring, and uh, we endure uh, persecution not in the same manner as Paul did or these early Christians did, but we endure difficulties and struggles as a result of of living in a sinful world, and we live in a sinful world that not only is is uh, enduring the difficulties of having sin within our world, but also we we endure the the uh, the difficulties of being a Christian in a in a world that's becoming more and more uh, uh, 
against Christianity and against uh, uh, those who follow after Christ. And if it's not outright persecution, it's, uh, oh, you're one of them Bible thumpers and, or you're, uh, and you're automatically seen as someone that's an idiot or somebody that doesn't have a lot of intelligence because you believe in the Bible, you believe in, in God's Word, you live your life according to Scriptures. And the world looks at us and says, you're crazy. You're not only crazy for believing in that Bible, you're crazy for believing that you can't do all the things that's so fun in the world to do, all the things that uh, people uh, are doing nowadays. You know, we've got uh, uh, states that are are, uh, legalizing drugs and you've got... uh, Places in the world in which uh, outright debauchery is is encouraged. Uh, we've got uh, a hedonistic lifestyle that is is celebrated, and and so we we live in a world that it's becoming more and more uh, difficult to just simply live by a set of morals and standards. And here, uh, Paul saying, "For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time." He says, they're not worthy of even being compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He says, in spite of the fact that you're enduring hardships, you're enduring all of these difficulties, they cannot even be compared to the glory that God is going to reveal within us. There's coming a day in our life, there's coming a day uh, in history when God is going to bring about His glory upon this world and God is going to bestow upon us uh, His glory and we will uh, forget about all of these things. uh, I I mean, uh, it's as a parent of of three children and uh, two of which are twins, it's easy today... uh, because a lot of the things that they do, they can do for themselves. But there was a time uh, back in uh, early 2000s when uh, it was a chore to have twins and to try and feed them and change them and wash all their their clothes. I mean, my goodness. We, of course, nowadays, I think we, they make more clothes now than they did back then. Uh, but of course, they're not going around throwing up their food and they're not going around spilling stuff all over them and everything like they did when they were babies. But, uh, it, it, you know, <clears throat> you almost look back with fondness at all of those difficult days. When you live through them, they're not easy. They're not, no, it's not easy to think about all those days where uh, we were, uh, you know, uh, uh, learning to, to take care of them. And uh, boy, I, I remember when they were first born, I was afraid to even touch them for fear that I would break them, you know. And, and, and then within months, oh, i tell you what, I was almost juggling them, uh, you know, taking care of them and, t- and you know, doing all this stuff. And it, it, it was, you know, you get in a rhythm and you get to doing things. But now I look back at it and I remember all those challenging days and boy, they're so worth it. It's so worth it to have uh, them in our lives. And it's so worth it to have uh, even uh, after. And look, 
Robin convinced me to get rid of all the stuff, that, all the baby stuff after the girls grew up and they got older and, and got beyond the baby stage. She convinced, oh, don't worry about it. Look, they told us we'd never have another baby. Don't, oh, let's just get rid of all this baby stuff. We don't need the chairs and we don't need the, the rockers and we don't need all that stuff. And then uh, with it, it seemed like it was within a month or so. She was saying, hey, I think I might be pregnant it again and I was like what we just got rid and I was like <laughs> you know me I, I didn't I didn't say I didn't say oh great you know we're gonna have another baby or anything like that no my first comment was well you know you just got rid of all that stuff and my concern was is the fact that we had we had just gotten rid of all their baby clothes and we got rid of all that stuff and 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 of course we did it all over again. Now now we can't even imagine living without them. And it's it's hard now because they're growing up and going off to school, and and the house is quieter than it usually is. And when they're all at home, and 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 you look back with fondness at all that. We'll look back with fondness at all the difficulties and struggles that we face now when we're finally in God's glory. Paul says the, the problems that we face today, the issues that we face, all the stuff that we're going through, when God's glory is revealed in us, it'll all seem like nothing. He says it, they, it can't even compare Look at verse 19. He says, uh, and uh, he says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. We're all yearning for God to reveal Himself. We're all yearning for God to reveal His glory. We're all waiting for that moment in which God will reveal Himself. And God's glory will be revealed to us one day and and all the things that we're enduring all the problems all the issues all the struggles all the all the problems will just fade away he says verse 20 for the creature was made subject to vanity not willingly but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of god We've been subjected to the difficulties and the struggles of all the things that we're enduring, but there's coming a day. There's coming a moment in which we'll see the great glory of God and, and we gain the glimpse of that moment by moment today when we, when we have victories, when we have small victories in which God works in our lives, when we're able to, to see Him work in our life. When we see uh, uh, God deliver us from uh, difficulty, when we have uh, issue, you know, think about all the things that you've prayed about and you've offered up to God and He's answered our prayers. When, when we have issues with sickness and people get well, those are times in which God reveals His glory. Or when we endure difficulty and we look back at, at last year and how Hurricane Michael uh, brought such devastation, but we can also look back at the fact that we didn't really see that many people hurt in this area. We, we saw some destruction of property, but guess what? Can, you, you hardly see any evidence of it today. 
We hardly see any evidence of any of that difficulty. That's, a, that's the glory of God. He, he brought us through. And, and, you know, we live in a, in a world today when, you know, the very thing that, that plagued my father, polio, is, is nearly eradicated from not just North America, but from the whole world. It, we got so close just recently to, to being uh, uh, 10 months without anyone getting, getting any polio anywhere in the world. That's amazing to eradicate a disease like polio that took thousands of lives uh, years ago. And was so, I mean, we look at coronavirus today and it, it's nothing compared to the panic that was uh, brought upon this nation as a result of polio. I mean, you had children that were waking up and unable to move, unable to, to get up. And then others that, uh, that succumbed to uh, the disease and died as a result of it. And you had people like my father that went his whole life with the evidence of that disease that affected his life. There were several times when my grandparents were called uh, out of the mountains of North Carolina down to Charlotte where the hospital was, where my dad was, uh, because they didn't think that he was going to survive. And for years he was in the hospital simply because he was too weak to live away from uh, the hospital. And that disease is nearly eradicated from the world. We'll look back someday when we're in God's glory and all of those things will be just a distant memory. It'll remind us of the, the price of our sin. But the sweetness of being in the presence of God will just wash it away. We'll be reminded of the great price that was paid as a result of our sin. We'll be reminded of the great uh, price that sin exacts in us. But there's coming a day in which God's glory will be revealed, in which we'll see the great glory of God presented to us. He says, we'll be delivered from the bondage of the corruption that we live in today to the glorious liberty of uh, the children of God. For we know that the whole of creation groans and travails in pain together until now. We know that we travail in, in great difficulty now. Why? Because of our sin. Why? Because a result of, of the transgressions that we face. But one day, one day the glory of God will be revealed. And until that day comes, we have the victory found in the presence of God by having the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. And that's the joy that we have that we can offer to others is the joy of understanding and knowing the love of Jesus Christ and how wonderful it is to see lives changed and transformed as a result of the message of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, look, we live in a world that is affected by sin. But we live in a world that is also affected not only by sin, but by the grace of God and the love of God that's demonstrated in Jesus Christ and can be manifest in us when we accept His love. 
And that's the desire that we have today is to share with the world that is going through difficulties, is going through pains and sufferings because of the result of sin that's in this world. But we have Jesus Christ that is so much greater. We have the love of God that is so much sweeter. We have the, the, the joy of His grace and mercy applied to our life. And that's what we need to share with the world that is in such need and has such, so many questions and they're searching. We just simply have to share with them. Let's pray. Dear gracious Lord and Father, we do love you and we thank you so much for your grace. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be excited about sharing our faith with others, to be excited about the things that you're doing in our life and the things that you're doing in our world. And all the places that we see the destruction of of sin, we also see the restoration of your love. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to share that with the world how their lives can be restored, how their lives can be renewed, how their lives can be uh, filled with great joy as a result of your love. Lord, help us to share that with the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.